Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg ad-free and right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This episode of Travel Today with Peter Greenberg is brought to you by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. It's time for Peter Greenberg Worldwide with America's number one travel news journalist. And now, the man who travels over 400,000 miles each year, your travel detective, Peter Greenberg. Hi, everybody. Peter Greenberg here, and welcome to the podcast that's done from a different location around the world every single week. One day Canada, the next day Thailand, then New York, London. You just never know. This week, we come to you from the Jewel Grand in Montego Bay. 
Well, let's put it this way. She didn't come here by plan. She came here because she was assigned to come here for the Peace Corps. How many years ago? About 11 years ago. Right, from Vermont. Yes. She's an American expat. And now, I don't know how this happened. We're going to have to dig deep. She's now the spa director of the Jewel Grand Hotel and living full-time in Montego Bay. Not bad. Her name? Sienna Creasy. How are you? I'm good. Happy to be here. Okay. How did this all happen? Well, it goes all the way back to being sent here in the Peace Corps. And I was actually evacuated from Peace Corps Bangladesh. And they said, you're complete. You're done. Congratulations. And I said, I'm not done. I, I want to complete my service. So I said, I want to leave And normally, the, a Peace Corps service is what, two to three years? Isn't two, it? Years, two, two years. Two years yeah. minimum. Yeah. And I said, I want to leave as soon as possible, and I want it to be a secure country. And Jamaica is one of the original Peace Corps countries. Peace Corps has been here as long as Sergeant over 50 Shriver. years. Yeah, of exactly. Course. And it's still going strong, and the initiative is still really strong here on the island. So you got lucky. I, I, yeah, my mom's really happy I'm here. And yet, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I've talked about this earlier in the show. You talk about Jamaica, and people, oh, be careful. You know, it's like, really? I mean, I've been coming to Jamaica for 35 years. I've never had a problem. And I am the guy who leaves the resort. I'm, I'm not just like sitting at the beach with a pina colada stuck up my nose. Absolutely. I've rode on every taxi, every bus from downtown Kingston to Mandeville to Savlamar, you name it. I've, I've ridden all across the country. And, and those roads are windy. Yes. And it's actually safer on a public bus because if the bus tips over, a lot of people are going to cushion you. If you're in a taxi, well, you're roll right out the now, window. Now, there's a marketing, there's a marketing <laughs> term, a marketing slogan. Protected by the traveling, bodies, protected from the bodies of other people. Thank you yes. very much. Take the bus in Jamaica. Exactly. Small up and you'll, you'll cushion your fall. Have you had to do that? I'm not many times. <laughs> yeah. and, you, and you live to tell about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky, knock wood. I haven't had an incident. Okay, as an American from Vermont who's mm -hmm. weaned herself from Ben and Jerry's, uh, yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, what was your biggest shock when you got here? Um, the attention, uh, being just being, there was so much intrigue about the, my ideas and what, what I was doing. I was a yoga instructor at the time, so I worked with the Ministry of Health. So Jamaicans were really intrigued with this practice and with different ways of fitness that they hadn't been introduced to. But you were introduced to the music scene here. Oh yeah, which is I knew that was a brave new world for you at that point. Had to be. Actually, it's somehow inside of my hips, I think I'm Jamaican. Like the dance, the dance scene, it really spoke to me. And so now it's no longer just yoga; it's yoga and dance. Exactly. Yes. Are you teaching dance? I teach something I, that I trademark called reggae lattes. So it's yoga Pilates to dance hall reggae and hip hop. Say that again. Reggae lattes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I was I was taking African and Jamaican dance hall classes while I was in the Peace Corps and teaching yoga to health educators, and they thought it was really boring. So I started to infuse what I was learning, and they just loved it. And the music told a story that people they just they want to listen to. I'm getting the hint here that you've immersed yourself in the culture. Extremely. And mom still talks to you. Um, she has her next flight booked for every three months. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yes. You can't get rid of her? No. <laughs> she's, waiting for, she's waiting to move here. But when your friends come down here, I want to talk about this. Because mm -hmm. once you're in, in a place like Jamaica, it's amazing how many friends want to come and visit you. And it's amazing how many keep going to Aruba. Really? They just, they're, they're very stuck in a comfort zone. and they. Well, they, that's Americans. Exactly. You know, most Americans, their idea of an adventure trip is going to an American-branded hotel and ordering a cheeseburger from room service and telling you they had an adventure. Yes. That's what I love about the property here. Jamaican-owned, Jamaican story. And even though I'm an expat American living here, like everything I do infuses the local culture. All right, so when your friends who are not going to Aruba, yes. this is what I want to talk about, when, when they actually make the bold decision 
to come hang out at your place and visit you, mm-hmm. where do you take them? That's going to open their eyes. Mm, I get goosebumps. I, I take them to festivals, um, Rebel Salute Music Festival. I take them to Milk River Bath. And by the way, for those people who think they know Jamaica, and I, I give uh, all due respect to the folks who organize this, it's more than just Calabash. Yes, absolutely. There are festivals all the time. Yeah, there's there's one coming up in May called Tomorrow Today, which is growing immensely in the grill, and it's all about music, culture, and food, and it's just really exciting. It just got off the ground last year, and it's nice to see that energy in Jamaica, and it went well. And so you take them to the festivals. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if you get to the festival at 9 o'clock at night, you're early. Yeah, you should get there for like midnight or 1 a.m. See? See, I know. <laughs> the good you musicians know. go on in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but do they know it? <laughs> when your friends come, I mean, and, and what advice, you know, I can't begin to tell you, and, and, and I talked about this at the beginning of the show, you know, the State Department's advisories, they're always putting things in categories, and the minute you hear those three words, State Department advisory, you don't go. Absolutely. Americans are just fear-based decision-making that means they're staying home, right? Jamaica comes under that category these days. It's uh, a shame. It is a shame because I feel no fear. You live here. Absolutely. Right? I mean, this is not like you battening down the hatches in the spa. You're out there on the streets having a great time. Yeah, going jogging on the road, walking to the store. Just daily life is normal. And going to the local markets. Absolutely. That's where I get my groceries. All right. What do you buy? Okay. <laughs> Other than basic staples, what are you buying at the local markets that you wouldn't necessarily buy back in the U.S.? Um, Aki, which, which is which is our local. It's a fruit, and it's actually our national fruit, and it grows in this nut seed, and then you have to – it comes – I buy them open, but you still have to soak them and boil them, and then you have to remove – the the black seed part from it so ackee by the way is a labor-intensive fruit <laughs> it's a lot of work but it's really good i i don't eat meat so it's like me too I don't it's, eat meat. it's a perfect breakfast because it has all the nutritional value of an avocado it's delicious with everything you can mix it with everything and do you bargain at the markets i bargain at the right places i don't mind paying for what food is worth so there's a point where you're just bargaining for you know two cents and it's it's not worth it so I'd rather pay. All right. So that's that's one of the things you buy. What else do you buy? Um, I do a lot of the greens. Callaloo. I don't know if you've had it, but it's Explain amazing. It. Callaloo is a bushy, leafy green that grows immensely all over the island. People will be carrying it on their shoulder. So I can just actually I don't have to go to the market. Just every red light, someone's selling a bushel of callaloo. <laughs> and <laughs> you steam that down. You cook it. You saute it. And it has the nutritional value of spinach and kale times two. Okay, so beyond music and food, mm-hmm. where, else, where are you going to take your friends? Where did you take me? Well, if you're willing to come with me, of course, Kingston. And then we'd go to Hellshire Beach because you obviously like food. And we'd have to go to Prendy's and get a really nice, if you eat fish, steamed fish I on do. the beach. I do. Nice fried bammy festival. You know, most travelers who come to uh, Jamaica don't go to Kingston. They're missing on so much. I know. The music, the culture, the dub scene there, it's, it's so big right now. It's true. And it's where all Jamaicans want to go to the New York City of Jamaica. And airlines fly there. Absolutely. You don't have to drive there. You can fly there. Yep. All right. So Kingston, where else? Um, here in Monte- Montego Bay. I'm still learning because I've lived in Mandeville, Chirios, and Kingston. But I do love taking people out to Portland as well. Yeah. That's my, my heartbeat. Um, Why? Well, it's just lush. And just you, you walk everywhere. You, no one, it's, it's not built up yet. It doesn't yet have the same atmosphere as everywhere else on the island where it's tourist and local. Everyone's local. It doesn't matter if you're visiting for a day or not. You're treated like a local. 
And you know what? That's what I tell people they need to do. Yeah. That's how you immerse yourself. Absolutely. Right? And you got to take some risks. I mean, taking everything's a risk. Driving to Starbucks is a risk. Well, just, ba- just, just, based, no, no, just based on price. <laughs> every, exactly. <laughs> That's a risk. I go for my Blue Mountain coffee every day, and I can't believe what, what people are paying when I go to the U.S. I go, That's all just soy milk. That's, that latte is just all soy milk. Like, just get a good cup of coffee. You know what I had here when I was in Jamaica? You're going to laugh at me. Mm. I had porridge. I had porridge. When was the last time anybody listening to the show had porridge? Did you put Betty in it? Condensed I milk. I did. I did. <laughs> I did. I had to learn how to do all that, but there, I mean, it was amazing. That's the only way. I was climbing up the, the mountain, the Blue Mountains, and, and yes. And there was a woman there who just does porridge. Have you had peanut punch then? I have not. Oh, on Spur Tree Hill, the best guy makes peanut punch. It's what the is third peanut shack. punch? It's pretty much where you boil peanuts in a soup, and it's just this delicious protein soup. Which you do right before you do it's the regulatis. Absolutely. Okay, I'll just or right about, after. I'm, I'm, I'm to right re- you okay. replenish your protein, but it's big in the ITAL diet. A lot of Rastafarians eat it. And the biggest surprise for your friends who visit you that they're not expecting? Um, how much fun they've had. They're, they kind of think they're just going to lay in the sun, and they just they the rich culture here is immense, from the music to the food to the people. They get to know so much that they, they're not experiencing back in the United States. I mean, I like to... I don't just like to say this. I actually believe this, that people don't change their lifestyle when they change their location, even though they think they do. So if you're going to think you're going to be down here for seven days just vegging on the beach, and you're a type A... You're going to go mad. You need to get out and do what you normally do, but just do it with the people. Absolutely. Experience as much as you can. Climb a waterfall. Go for a hike. Go rafting down the Rio Bueno. And, and the beautiful thing about it is it's all manageable and it's all accessible. It is. It's really easy. Which is why you left Vermont and never went back. No, just to visit for once a year. <laughs> Renew my license. <laughs> you, and your license is in Vermont, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Every time I come to Jamaica, what are the, what's the first thing I do? I pick up the newspaper. I pick up the newspaper because other than internal politics, which is always on page one, you can't, you can't avoid it, you want to figure out what's going on culturally, what's accessible to you, what's available to you, and the name of the paper, of course, is The Gleaner, and it's been around as long as I've been coming to Jamaica, <laughs> and joining me now, the senior writer for The Jamaica Gleaner, Janet Silvera, how are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm more than fabulous because you're on the show with me. <laughs> but you heard my introduction. I mean, I mean, what is going on in Jamaica? And the reason why I'm asking that question, that's a nice general question to ask, but mm-hmm. the reason why I'm asking it specifically is in the last couple of months, you know, Jamaica's been getting some bad press. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, 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 it's a little scary for some people in America. They may not want to come. Uh, they, they're, they're hearing about crime. They're hearing about, you know, don't leave your resort. <laughs> That's the first thing I do when I get here. I leave the resort. Don't you? I think it's the safest place to be right now. Why? Jamaica. Yes, because of the fact that um, we have enhanced security measures in place. It's the safest place to be right now. And the thing is, what most people don't understand, and, I, and I'm not saying this in any sort of stereotypical racial way. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Mexico, for example, 
60,000 people have died in those drug gang wars. 59,981 of them have been Mexican because it's gang against gang. Travelers are not targeted. And the, ni- and the 19 Americans who've been killed, most of those 19 were vacationing drug dealers. <laughs> so, As it relates to Jamaica, you must know by now that our crime rate against tourists is like 0.01%. I know. Yeah. I, now, listen, if I was going to kill, look, every place has, ha, ha, well, you'll get recommendations no matter where you are in the world. It doesn't matter whether it's New York, Cleveland, or, or Kingston, where you go and where you don't go. That's a fact. So, for example, all the, in all the years I've been coming to Jamaica, I don't go to Spanish Town, all right? Because, because I would see, I would talk to the guys on the streets and they would say to me, you know what, you don't want to go there tonight. And you know what? How big is Jamaica and how small is Spanish Town? I got it covered. Big, big, big. 4,411 square miles, 146 miles wide. I know. Yeah. And get to do everything you want to do. Of course. Right? And, and I mean, and the, the adventures that you could have here from, you know, the, the four-wheel AT, you know, ATVs and, 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 and hanging out with the dolphins. And, and I mean, all, it's not just going to the waterfall. It is so diverse. The diversity is what makes this country so special. And each resort area, by the way, has something special to offer the visitor. You're right here in Montego Bay, which is famous for its championship 18-hole golf courses. In addition, although, although I have to tell you, yes. I'm going to tell you a story. Mm-hmm. The White Witch Course. Yes. You know what I'm about to tell you. Uh, it's I, haunted. <laughs> and I'm gonna and I'm gonna tell you how I know this. I sent one of my producers down. Why are you laughing? You know it's haunted. <laughs> no, I didn't know, but um, I'm gonna learn something okay, from you th- okay. today. So here it is. So, here we go. Everybody I talked to said, "Hey, man, it's a beautiful place. You know, it's, it's a beautiful course. It's it's got such great vistas and views. But you gotta watch out. It's haunted." I said, "Well, hey, I don't play golf," and I sent one of my producers here to do a show, to do a sequence on just the course, because it's such a cool course. And I said to her, and she overheard my conversation, and she went, it's haunted? That's garbage. It's not haunted. So she shows up, right? And she's got the camera crew here. Good friend of mine, Tammy Fuller. And she's telling the camera guy, relating my story that I heard it was haunted, saying, this isn't haunted. She falls into a ditch and breaks her ankle. Oh, my God. But that means that she was just unfortunate. I wouldn't say it was <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, tell that to her. But it's a beautiful course. It is. It is one of the best on the island. Yeah, I yeah. know. Mm-hmm. All right, see? I mean, but the thing is, you got to get out of the resort to see it. Definitely. You have to get out of the resort to see the White Witch, Half Moon, Cinnamon Hill, um, Trial, all these golf courses. You also have to get out of your, your resort to see the Rastafarian Indigenous Village and to eat at Woodfire, where the man cooks the food using Woodfire, right here in Montego Bay. Right. Well, I know you're going to Scotch's. Well, they use Woodfire. You know that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. But this is you different. Know what you, can, you can taste the smoke in the you food. You know what happened to me once? I was at the Ritz-Carlton, which is not mm-hmm. here anymore. It's now... It's now Hyatt Ziva and Hyatt Zeeva, right? Mm-hmm. But they were going to this big dinner for me, and I, and I had a lot of friends with me. I said, I don't want a big dinner. I said, who, who, whose car can I borrow? And they had the big dining room with a big round table and 12 chairs. And everybody's sitting there having their served dinner. I said, can I borrow somebody's pickup truck? I went over to Scotchy's. And I said, give me enough jerk chicken for 12 people. Right? Right. And they wrapped it all up in the tin foil. You know how they do it. Yes. I come back in. I walk into the Ritz-Carlton dining room. And I open up the tin foil. The entire dining room pivoted. 
And the waiters didn't know what to do. The chef didn't know what at to do. At the Ritz Carlton. At the, I, I oh, pulled out of the Ritz Carlton. With the ladies and gentlemen. Oh yes, my pleasure. Certainly, you know the deal. And you know what happened? Within 15 minutes, the waiters were sitting at our table. The, the waitresses were sitting at our table. The chefs were sitting at our table. Nobody was eating the Ritz-Carlton <laughs> food. We were all piling into that Jamaican jerk chicken. You're an unorthodox person, and they already knew that. So I guess that's why they allowed it. Yeah, but now let's reverse it. Now you leave the resort, wherever it is, and mm -hmm. you discover places like Of Scotch. course, like, like, like Scotch's, because Scotch's is one of our best, though, you know. Yeah. That jerk chicken and jerk pork can be found nowhere else in the world, outside of Boston, jerk pork in I mean, jerk center in, in Portland, which is where it all you know began. Where wait, you know where else they have great jerk chicken? Believe it or not, Toronto. Don't ask me why. There, there is a Jamaican community there. It's true. It's tr I know it. They have great jerk chicken in, in Toronto. Nobody I discovered knows it. it years See? ago. See? Probably 15 and years ago. And the restaurant's ago. called The Jerk. I don't remember the name of the restaurant, I but, I can tell, but I can tell you that, um, yes, the, it is good. It yeah, is. It I is. know. It I is. mean, amazing. But the bottom line is you got to leave the resort and get out on the rivers. Of course, how else the people, another thing to you know, you're contributing to the country's economy. If you go out and spend with the locals, experience what Jamaica is all about. And you know what, The Janet? best part of us is our people. And you know what, you just put your finger on it, the money, follow the money, it goes back to the people, it goes mm -hmm. back into the community. Yeah. I love it. If you are continuing on to another Southwest destination, please make sure that you check the monitors inside the terminal for your proper gate and flight information. If you are continuing on with another airline, we really don't care. I am a passenger. You know, it's one thing to come to a resort. It's one thing to jump in the water. It's an entirely different thing to figure out what you're jumping into and what you really can see. And my next guest knows a little bit about that because he's the executive director of the Montego Bay Marine Park Trust. Yushim, thank you for joining us. Well, you're welcome. I mean, you heard my introduction. I mean, you are an island nation. You're surrounded by water. That's right. You also have to protect it. Um, you've been with the trust for about five years. Yes, just about. Yeah, and you're right here from Montego Bay. That's right. So you grew up swimming. Swimming, yep. Many summers at Dr. Scale Beach. Uh, oh, well, we know that beach. Right. Right. But when you're doing all your work here, it's not just about that beach, it's about the entire location of Montego Bay. Right, from down the, from the Great River Bridge, approximately all the way up past the airport to Tropical Beach, and all that water in front, that's the Montego Bay Marine Park. And your mandate is to figure out where you can't fish, where you can fish, mm -hmm. where you can swim, where you can scuba, where you can't scuba. Right. I mean, basically, not to mess with the marine environment. That's right. So what challenges have you had in the five years that you've been with the, with the Trust? Well, to tell you the truth, one of the, the biggest challenges like what the world has is global warming, climate change, as well as pollution from runoff from the, the land. From agricultural runoff? Not necessarily from the gullies and the, the estuaries, the rivers, pollution coming from there. Wow. I mean, I remember going to, uh, to Butch Stewart's house, Rio Chico, mm -hmm. and seeing that stream going right through the house. It's, it's amazing, yeah. and it goes right into the water, but it's clean water. Yeah. But it's not always clean water around the island. You have to be careful. Right. If, if there's a lot of littering and people don't take care, then, you know, it gets polluted. But fortunately for us, we have a lot of uh, tides and things that takes everything. The ocean cleans itself, which thankfully because it does a better job than we can. But for people visiting Jamaica, how mm -hmm. do they get involved with what you're doing so that mm -hmm. they have a, more of an educational experience while they're here? 
Well, for one, they can come visit us at the office, which is by Pier 1 Restaurant. We're located there, or they can contact us online. Which is? Montego Bay Marine Park Trust. Dot? Dot what? Dot org? Dot org, yeah. MBMPT.org. Good thing I have my, my um, PR lady with me. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's one thing to contact you. What, what, yeah. are, you, what are you actually going to physically immerse me in so I can learn something? Okay. I'm, I'm glad you asked because I was going to ask you how long you're going to be here because I'm offering you a tour, you and your crew, tomorrow if you want, or Monday. We might just take you up on yeah. it. But tell me what we would do. We'll go on a glass bottom boat tour. We'll give you an orientation of what's, what the park does, meaning education enforcement and scientific research. But we have glass bottom boat tours which we take people out on, especially students that are studying marine life. So we'll take you and we'll show you what's underneath. You know, because a lot of people think that the marine park is just what you sail on. But as you said, where you dive or you snorkel, you'll see the wildlife there. But what are you gonna see? You're gonna see coral reefs, you're gonna see seagrass beds, you're going to see fish. Okay, let me talk about mm. those things. Yeah. First of all, the coral reefs, we've seen the degradation around the world. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing some of that here too? Well, from the last storm that we have, we had some, a lot of warm water coming in. So we had some bleaching, but it seemed to have leveled off now. And then about the seagrass, I experienced that where I live. I live on an island in New York. Okay. And when we had Hurricane Sandy, the, the, the seabed was a lot of seagrass and sand, mm -hmm. but it was so violent, it ripped apart all the seagrass. Right. And the seagrass, that people don't realize, that's where the, the clams and the oysters hide. That's right. That's where they, that's where they breed. That's where they, they, they do all their stuff. That's right. And that's what protects them. When the seagrass is gone, mm -hmm. then they were a natural target for all the other predators. Right. And next thing you know, we have a bay right now that doesn't have any clams, that doesn't have any oysters, because mm -hmm. that was the net effect of destroying the seagrass. Right. So how do you protect the seagrass here? Well, everything comes down to education. Well, legislation as well. You know, that if you're actually building and trying to make a beach, then you don't mess with the seagrass. You know, you at least keep it, keep it pristine. And the thing is, when you get into the water, you can understand that entire ecosystem now based on cause and effect, predator and victim. Right. And you don't want to be the predator. That's right. Riding along in my automobile My baby beside me at the wheel Cruising and playing the radio With no particular place to go One of the recurring themes on this show is my encouragement to you to when you come to a wonderful destination like Jamaica to get out of the resort to uh, leave your comfort zone long enough to actually make some discoveries that might make you want to come back time and time again. And one of those discoveries is a place called the Belfield Great House and Gardens. And joining me now, the managing director and a Jamaican native from day one, uh, Mark, Mark Kerr-Jarrett, how are you, sir? Very well, sir, and welcome, and thank you very much. Now, you were born in, uh, should I tell you, should I tell everybody that you were born in Kingston? Yeah. Uh, a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of decades. A couple of decades, yeah. Now, what is the Belfield Great Mount? It's, um, it's an old plantation house and also... Uh, dating an, back to the British? Dating back to the 1600s. We're talking British. Yeah. And actually, I believe the, the bottom half of it was actually built by the Spanish. And it's, uh, it's part of a, a work, it was part of a working plantation with its own cattle mill, sugar mill, 
prior to steam. And it was also a St. James, which is the parish we're in, militia outpost, because just, uh, just over the hill from it was the um, village called Maroontown, where all of the slaves used to Well, let's um, talk about the Maroons, because people, you know, most people who come to Jamaica for, as visitors don't even know about the Maroons. Well, the Maroons were the ex escaped slaves, and, and they set up communities for themselves. They had entire structures with, with mayors and, and city yeah. councils, mm -hmm. and, right? And, and now they still, there is still um, the structure there in Maroon Town with uh, its own colonel and, and its own almost constitution. I've been out there. I've met with them. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So this is, that's how far back you go. Yeah, my family came here in 1655 with Penn and Venables uh, to kind of flush out the Spanish. Unbelievable. And we, um, we never left. I mean, for the first hundred years, we couldn't leave anyway if we wanted to keep <laughs> our heads. <laughs> Small minor detail that was. <laughs> yeah, minor. And today, if I go to visit Belfield, what am I going to see? Um, it, we totally refurbished the house in the early 90s, but took it back to its original structure. Some alterations had been made for things like indoor plumbing and stuff like that. But we took it back to its original configuration. We, um, we dug out and restored the, the cattle mill. We excavated the old fortifications. And it, what, what did you find? Any, any wonderful discoveries when you did uh, it? Um, a couple of musket balls and a bayonet, an old musket bayonet and keys and that kind of stuff. But, um, and they're on display. And we basically furnished the house with, with family heirlooms uh, and period furniture. And photographs of the family and, and other, other such things. So it really is a, it's a heritage tour that you can do. And then you, you can um, tour the old sugar mill and, and go down and we do have a copper there where we boil the sugar and you can actually taste the wet sugar. Because originally before steam, the sugar was exported in a kind of syrup type of and consistency. Then it, and then it had to be reduced. Well, yeah. it was never reduced until steam came, because until they had what's called the centrifuges, you could never take it down to granular. It was originally like a syrup, a very thick, heavy syrup, huh. and was exported in what was called a hogshead, which was like a sack. And, um, and it, it, would, it would go back to the UK and Europe and the US that way. Now, considering the worldwide price of sugar, I'm going to make a, a wild guess that you're not really producing it. We're not in sugar production anymore, no. And, but, and I don't think you're going to find sugar production in Jamaica. There is. Um, still? Yes, there is still quite a bit, actually. And the, the Chinese have become quite ah. heavily involved in it. Um, even though, you know, the, there, um, there are challenges in the industry, given scale. Yeah, given right scale. Yeah. So what's the biggest surprise for somebody coming to, to, to visit the, the Great House? I think that um, it's, a really, it's a really beautiful old house with a stone fo um, first floor and, and wooden upper floor. And, um, you know, finding something on, on a property like this, that it sits on about 20 acres with the gardens and the, and the ruins. But and you're not farming those acres. No, those are just strictly acres for the, for the great house with lawns and all that kind of stuff. Um, and for it to be so close to Montego Bay. Montego Bay and with such a rich heritage. You know, because it's it's a military outpost, it's a plantation house, and it, it's a, a an old type of factory. And you're open five days a week. Yeah, and we're open seven days a week on on reserve. You know, if you want to come on the weekend, give us a call, and we'll make time and space for you. Okay, got to ask a stupid question: weddings? Yes, big, I knew, big see, I, knew, I knew it. I knew it. And it's a beautiful location for weddings. You know, because you can you can do them um, in the front of the house is where the ceremony is done, in front of the fountain. 
and the, and the stairs, and then you go in and do the reception in the gardens, and we can sit down up to about 500 people back there. That's big. Yeah. And then the cattle, the sugar mill, we can sit about 200. So if it's a little overcast, as it has been from time to time. Um, but no more cattle. No more cattle, no, unfortunately. <laughs> and, it, and they weren't really cattle back then. They were oxen. They were working they oxen. They were working oxen. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Alaska Flight 438. We'd like to tell you now about some important safety features of this aircraft. The most important safety feature we have aboard this plane is the flight attendants. Please look at one now. Audible.com has more than 150,000 titles and virtually every genre. So check it out for yourself. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. My next guest, travel writer, guidebook author for Lonely Planet, and of course, the reason why he's on the show is he wrote the, the Lonely Planet Jamaica Guidebook. Calling in from London, of course, which makes all the sense in the world if you're going to write a guidebook about Jamaica. Paul Clammer, how are you, sir? I'm very happy to be with you, Peter. I wish I was in Jamaica right now. <laughs> I know the feeling. I've been coming here, God, for over 35 years. So that's how old I am. Uh, but bottom line is, you know, when you write a guidebook about a country that changes as much as Jamaica does and then changes not as much as people think it does, you've got some challenges. Absolutely. I mean, every time I go there, there's there's always new developments. It's it's always an interesting thing to see the turnover of the the familiar and the new, and what developments are coming, what outside trends are sort of are being shown in the in the tourism scene. It's it's a surprisingly dynamic country to to travel in. I mean, doing the history of this of this island country is always fascinating to me, uh, especially if you come outside of Montego Bay to like where Errol Flynn used to hang out. Um, I mean, the legends are there. The music, people just think it's reggae. They're wrong. It's mento and a few other things that people don't know about. Um, and, you know, what I've been saying throughout the show is as beautiful as a resort as we are in right now, uh, you know, even though the Jewel Grand is, is new and wonderful and beautiful, most people who visit here don't really leave the resorts and they need to see Jamaica. I really agree with you. Like you, say, like you say, there are some absolutely beautiful places to stay, but I think once you get outside and you see really what a beautiful green jewel of a country is, you get up into the mountains along the, some, some of the less developed parts of the coast. It's an absolutely exquisite country, and I think people flying into Montego Bay, maybe seeing you by cruise, they just get the tiniest little taste, but it really gives you that hunger for more. It's an incredibly beautiful country. Now, how many years have you been coming here? I've been uh, coming to Jamaica now for about five or six years. I've lived in other parts of the Caribbean. Uh, Jamaica was always very much uh, high on my list. Um, and now I'm sort of on the Lonely Planet beat as where I'm back as often as I can. I mean, if truth be told, you had a little uh, bit of a vacation here because your last job was writing up for a travel website about Afghanistan. Well, that, that was quite a while ago. Uh, that was how I originally got into uh, the travel writing. But just before I was uh, working in Jamaica, I actually lived for a year in Haiti and Port-au-Prince writing a, writing a book about that. So, so yeah, I've certainly seen a contrast in, in traveling from somewhere to Haiti 
um, to somewhere like Jamaica, you see a lot of similarities, but you also see the great big differences. And certainly, of course, in the number of tourists you see. You don't get a lot of tourists in Haiti, but, but Jamaica is somewhere they're very well sort of geared up to, to, to visitors. Well, speaking of visitors and tourists, because I'm one of those guys who defines myself as a traveler and not a tourist, and I presume you do too. Uh, <laughs> An age-old argument. It is. Uh, when you want to come to a place, not just to say you've been there, but because you want to experience it, when you come to Montego Bay, where do you first stop? I mean, what's your go-to place? Well, I think, you know, people go to places like Montego Bay. They're famous. They're popular with tourists for a reason. So people want to be going along the hip strip where there are lots of really great places to eat, really great bars. You want to experience places like um, uh, Doctor's Cave Beach, which is the main beach in, in Montego Bay. But given that it's actually... Uh, Jamaica's second largest city after the capital, Kingston. Um, it doesn't have a lot to offer in, as a city in itself. And really, the attractions, you can go out maybe 30 minutes, maybe one hour out of town along the coast or up into the hills. And like we were saying, you get to see some of the sort of the other side, uh, maybe that less sort of uh, polished side of Jamaica. And there are some beautiful, the, the, the waterfalls, the rivers, the coasts. Um, you know, we can talk more about the rafting that you can go to. You mentioned Errol Flynn. He was one of the people who sort of really pioneered uh, river rafting along these long bamboo uh, rafts that they build. Uh, you can go to uh, Martha Bray, which is maybe about half an hour, 40 minutes um, outside of uh, Montego Bay, and you'd be rafted down the uh, down the river. They do moonlight uh, trips. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, places like that, also glistening waters, also near near Falmouth, about 45 minutes out of Montego Bay, which is a lagoon, and it has sort of bioluminescent algae and, and plankton and things like that. So you go swimming in the middle of the night, and you have like little sort of lightning bolts. The whole sea lights up as you swim through it. It's absolutely extraordinary. You mentioned the rafting. I did that a couple of years ago with the then Prime Minister, uh, P.J. Patterson, here. And uh, I, I can now admit this. We went down the, the, the river singing the banana boat song. I had to, I had to tell <laughs> Oh, that sounds absolutely wonderful. I hope you've had a bottle of rum with you as well. Well, let's put it this way. The people who watched the singing needed to drink. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Um, but, you know, you heard my, my introduction about people not leaving the resorts. You know, five or six minutes from where we are right now is a place I go hang out all the time called Scotchies. Exactly. Scotchies is a great place. It's, it's very popular with, uh, with Jamaicans. So Scotchies is a restaurant that you would go to experience some of the best jerk, and, and jerk food is, is sort of an absolutely iconic uh, Jamaican meal. It's this uh, spiced meat, maybe chicken or pork or sausage, uh, spiced with pimento and then cooked over 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 smoke. Uh, you have it all with a with a cold beer. Um, you have it with uh, maybe some breadfruit or some some patties or things like that. It's an absolutely wonderful thing, and you'll you'll go there and you'll see a lot of Jamaican families there. Absolutely wonderful thing to do, and sort of although very much I, getting I, in that I, tradition. Of, although I have a caution, ahead. you know, you mentioned a cold yep. beer. You have to have a red stripe when you go to Scotchies because whether you like it or not, they're going to put the hot sauce on. And if they put the hot sauce that, on, that, that, you need a cold beer like nothing else you need. And you that, have to that have. hot sauce, you know, they handle their scotch bonnet peppers like there's no tomorrow. And uh, if your palate's not ready for it, then uh, then you definitely need something to cool down with at the end. I know. Or the paramedics. I'm not quite sure which. But the point is, when they when they say <laughs> they got hot sauce, well. when they say they're hot sauce, they're sort of underestimating the power. They don't play. They don't play <laughs> when it comes to the chili pepper, to the hot peppers. Exactly. The name of the book, of course, The Lonely Planet, Jamaica Guidebook. The author who survived Afghanistan and the beauties of Haiti that people also need to visit, especially now. 
If you are sitting next to a small child or someone who is acting like a small child, please do us all a favor and put on your mask first. heard me talk about this throughout the entire show uh my love for dogs of course only exceeded by my sisters who makes an active practice of rescuing dogs all over the world and usually does it when she's traveling by the way and then brings them back uh my next guest we talked about animal house right here in jamaica is a great way for you to volunteer when you're down here well she's the executive director of the animal house maureen sheridan maureen welcome to the show yes thank you peter uh, you know, I, you, you run a very, I would call it a dangerous operation, and I'll tell you why. Because if I came to visit you, you know I would leave with a dog. Oh, please come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, please come. And your sister. Bring her, too. Okay. Well, tell me this. I mean, how many animals are we talking about that, that you're currently taking care of? Uh, we have over 200, uh, over 150 dogs, and approximately... Fifty cats and one horse. Wait a second. <laughs> one horse. <laughs> one horse. Yeah. How the horse? How did the horse sneak in? Uh, well, mother had the horse outside our gate, and she had no milk, so we bottle fed her for four months, and um, then the mother died sadly. But we still have, we still have baby girl. My, but nobody's adopted her yet. No, no, I think she's ours now. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, she'd be difficult. She'd be difficult to get back on the on the flight back to Miami. Um, yes. But <clears throat> yes, they charge by the pound. So yes, but that doesn't necessarily apply to uh, to dogs. I'm assuming you've had some success with visitors from from the U.S. and other countries coming to visit you, and then doing what they, of course, could not help themselves but do, and that is adopt an animal. Yes. We've had a lot. Um, it is increasing, which is absolutely wonderful. We have sent uh, dogs and cats all over the world. And what does somebody need to know if they're going to come out and visit you? Um, in terms of adopting, or in well, terms in terms of, of volu- in terms of volunteering first, yes. Yes, vo- volunteering. We like the volunteers to spend as much time with the animals as possible, especially puppies because they always need socializing, and volunteers always love to do that job. It's much better to have people doing what they would like to do as opposed to, you know, you dictating, um, you do this and you do that. So we like the volunteers to have a good time. And and we're no, uh, we're no kill, so that also helps. We're a happy Ah, place. you see, you buried the lead on me there. That's the best thing you could have told me today, that you're a no-kill shelter. So if a dog finds its way or a cat finds its way or perhaps even a horse finds its way to the animal house, they got a shot. Yes, yes. They'll be with us and, and as long as they have to be. And how are you supported? Uh, donations. Uh, we... <laughs> We struggle most of the time because we don't get any uh, official assistance and we don't really have any great consistent funding. Um, So we really do rely on people helping us. Wow. Well, listen, uh, let's uh, let's give out the website so people can at least get more information, which is? Uh, www.theanimalhousejamaica.org. And... 
do you, for example, let's say I'm visiting in, in Montego Bay. I come out to see you. Um, I fall madly in love with a dog, which, by the way, we all know is going to happen. Um, and I want to adopt a dog. Do you take care of the vaccinations, too? Yes, we do. All our animals are vaccinated. And um, If the person is traveling on an airline that carries animals, uh, they can often take the animal back with them. We do all the paperwork and get everything in order. And if not, we ship them by cargo after they've left. So, so, some airlines like JetBlue and, and other um, charter airlines especially don't carry animals. So if they are on one of those flights, we can always send them the back. But American, but American, Delta, and United do take them. But be yes, advised. Yes, but be advised. We, it's not a. It's not a freebie. You're going to have to pay for the for the animal to either be in the cabin with you or in the cargo hold below below you. Exactly. It's much cheaper if they're in the cabin with you. Um, I, I but agree. a lot of people still adopt. It's, it's it's not exorbitant. Let's say. You've been listening to Peter Greenberg Worldwide. Catch us each week as we broadcast from a new location somewhere around the world. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devaya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.